You're listening to the Boozeworks Podcast. This podcast is a service of Boozeworks Consulting, a full-service craft alcohol consulting firm. And now the host of the Boozeworks Podcast, Devin Mills. All right. Well, welcome into the Boozeworks Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Mills, and this is episode number 10. Uh, we got another request in off of Twitter to talk about uh, ceramic aging vessels. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot to talk about with ceramic aging vessels. They've got you know, uh, a couple of ways you can control their properties to ensure uh, that you can actually get airflow through the ceramic medium. And then when you once you do that, at least you're able to oxygenate the spirit somewhat, but you end up losing all the extraction you would get from wood. Uh, so typically we see, you know, somebody who's, say, aging in glass will add wood spirals in there. These are all just kind of workarounds. Uh, we'll see some people aging in concrete, particularly in the wine industry. But again, that, that's to create a, a kind of specialized spirit that gets kind of some of the heavy notes of mineralization from from that concrete, but it doesn't get any of the tannins and, and wood notes. Generally, what I, I think is the, the best way to go here is for us to talk about what the barrel is actually doing to our spirit and talk about some maturation issues. And then from there, it's pretty easy for those of you who are interested in doing other kinds of maturation to figure out what components you need to have uh, in your vessel. So that's kind of how we're going to get to the the ceramic aging uh, part of things. What does a barrel do for us? Uh, we all know that when we distill the spirits, that's where we're really controlling our volatile compounds. We get to eliminate our, our heads, uh, the methanol, acetones, those kind of things. And then we get to control how much of our tails we put in, our fusel oils, getting those longer uh, alcohol chains into our spirit. When we're in the barrel, those are all going to change. Uh, We're going to actually be able to kind of extract color, change the pH of our spirit, uh, mainly by adding acids to that spirit. Uh, We're going to see ester formation. We're going to see sugar extraction. Tannins are coming in. We can do a lot to change the heavy end, the low end of the spirit in the barrel. But the volatile end is just kind of what it is. Uh, We will see some of the highest volatiles, your methanol and whatnot, uh, will vapor off during typically the first year of aging. But a lot of what's going on in the barrel is more about the the low end, the long chains. Generally speaking, coarse grain wood is preferred. Coarse grained is going to be more permeable to oxygen and tannin extraction. So this is going to allow us to kind of mature that spirit faster. European oak tends to be more coarse grained than American oak, although we can definitely get some wood out of Oregon that's going to actually more mimic what we're seeing out of Europe. But generally our Missouri, Tennessee, you know, white oak species here in the U.S. that most of us are using, it's going to be a kind of tighter grained wood that's going to take a little bit longer to see the extractions we would from a European spirit. So if you guys are looking to do speed maturation or speed up your maturation, uh, changing where your wood is from and going to that coarser grain is really going to help you out. Oxygen tends to be, at least in my opinion, the most overlooked part of how maturation goes. Everybody likes to talk about the wood and the wood exposure and making sure we're extracting the tannins. Uh, we see this in a lot of the speed maturation methods where they're you know, circulating spirit past wood chips or uh, sinking a bunch of wood into a vessel uh, you know, at 10 or 20 times uh, the surface area to volume uh, in order to speed up the, the tannins going into the, the spirit. But oxygen is where we're really able to change our spirit and get a lot of the, the depth of that spirit that we see in age. 
the way this works is our ethanol actually gets oxidized into acetic acid. And then that acetic acid then allows for the formation of esters inside the spirit. So we'll be able to basically create, and there's a huge chain of chemical reactions here, but basically initially we have the oxygen in the barrel that gets converted. And typically that happens within about the first six months. Uh, And that's going to convert some of our ethanol into acetic acid. Then that acetic acid, once the pH drops low enough, eh, down to about a three and a half, uh, we're actually going to start creating uh, ethyl acetate. And that is then going to be able to get converted further into the esters we're looking for. There are a lot of the speed maturation work being done. Uh, Brown Foreman's got a great patent on this stuff right now. In adding ethyl acetate to our spirits in order to kind of convert that first six months of aging, uh, into something that we can done basically instantaneously. And so they're adding basically ethyl acetate to a spirit, heating it, pumping oxygen through it, and they can get, you know, at least according to their patent, a mature spirit in about a month. Now, how close that spirit is to other spirits, uh, an eight-year barrel-aged spirit, yeah, it's, there's some debate about that. But they are doing well and selling the product. Typically, what we see is that ethyl acetate in the barrel uh, takes about 30 to 36 months to be formed uh, by the creation of acetic acid in the barrel. So really, we're, we're kind of in this four-year period where most of what's going on is ethanol is being converted, and we're starting to get the base of flavors necessary for ester creation. This doesn't have anything to do with the wood extraction, vanillins, tannins, that kind of stuff. This is just purely the physical spirit uh, maturing due to oxygenation. This is why we start seeing the four-year spirits are much more complex than even their two-year speed age stuff. If you're looking for wood notes, obviously we can extract wood a lot faster. But to get kind of that roundness on the spirit and some of the more depth of flavor, that's where, you know, about four years in a full-size barrel. When we're doing all these acid conversions, the fusel oils are basically unchanged. And so what we're going to see is that that base of tails that you left in there is going to kind of sit and ride uh, through this process. And it's going to be our our ethanols and some of our higher volatile uh, ethanol chains that are going to be going through all this process. One thing to think about when we're looking at all this oxygenation is how much oxygen are we really getting to our spirit? We know that when we put spirit in a barrel, there's some amount of headspace. That is the readily consumable oxygen. Once that's been consumed, we're going to actually rely on oxygen making it through the wood, either into the headspace or directly into the spirit. Something to look at when choosing the wood for your barrel is that tannin in the wood will actually consume oxygen as it's making it through the wood. And so higher tannin barrels are actually going to take longer to get to the point where we're actually able to do some of these oxygenation methods. So this is where the European oak is going to kind of put you on the other side of things because it will have a little bit more tannin content in there. And so even though it's wider grains, there's some complexity. Let's 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 put it that way. Uh, you can get more through there, but more is going to be absor- absorbed by the wood. While I'm here, tannins are interesting. Uh, when we're talking about wine tannins are primarily there from the grapes themselves. When we're talking about spirits, they're primarily there from the wood themselves. Tannins have some kind of interesting properties. They give you that astringency. They give you that dry mouth feel. Uh, Tannins can actually polymerize and they'll create longer chains when left kind of alone. So we can extract tannins from our wood 
initially that's going to make our spirit more uh, astringent. Over time, those tannins are going to bond together, create long chains, and these chains will actually get long enough that they won't affect your taste buds. And so basically those tannins just kind of create a smooth mouthfeel without giving you that dry mouth and astringency. This takes time. The other kind of part of it is when we agitate that spirit, we can then break the long chains down. This tends to lead some wineries into looking at no pump methods. So after a barrel has been aged, we try to pull the spirit out as smoothly as possible and allow those chains to stay long. Gravity drains and some of that kind of stuff where we're not having to go through a pump are generally preferred. Uh, we're starting to see some of this in the spirit world, particularly with brandies, where you know, the barrels aren't moved, the barrels aren't rolled, they aren't agitated, so that you can get that kind of smooth mouthfeel without that you know dryness. Uh, I don't know anybody in the whiskey side that's doing this yet, but it's certainly something that I expect to start coming into the, the whiskey world fairly quickly. So that's plus or minus what oxygen's doing for us. In talking about tannins, it's important to think about what else are we getting out of the wood. Uh, there's a whole bunch of compounds, whether it's, you know, vanillin, which is the easiest thing to talk about, which is formed kind of from the breakdown of lignin. Ethanol is going into the wood. When combined with that lignin, it's actually going to pull out and become, you know, aromatic aldehydes. This is typically going to happen at higher proof spirits. We're looking at a barrel proof in that 60-70% range, or ABV, not proof. What we're doing there is we're actually going to be breaking down the wood of the barrel. Uh, older barrels will have the easily extracted uh, vanillin gone typically within the first three years. And then it's actually going to be relying on the breakdown of the wood after that. Uh, you can see a couple of interesting papers out there that will actually talk about the uptake rates. And there's a very fast curve you know, in that first six months, depending on barrel size, six months to three years. And then it kind of rolls over and we see that curve flattening out. And that is where the wood is actually providing uh, or being converted into those flavors. That's not everything we're getting out of the wood. We're actually able to extract wood sugars. Uh, this is due to the hydrolysis of hemicellulose. And basically, we're actually going to convert the hemicellulose to a monosaccharide, glucose, and it adds a little bit of native sweetness to our spirit. Now, this is generally occurring at about 45 to 50% ABV, which is different than where we're getting that vanilla extracted. So it's actually a good thing for a spirit in a barrel to go through multiple proofs or a barrel itself to see spirit at multiple proofs if you're not making whiskey that has to only go into new barrels. If you look at your aging environment, if you can start at a, a lower proof, say, you know, go into the barrel at hundred and proof and then increase up to, you know, 120 over your years of maturation. That's how you can get a more complex spirit because you're pulling different things from the wood at different points in time. We're also able to pull phenols out. This is the hydrolysis of tannins and it'll create phenolic acid. Typically this is occurring, you know, 50, 60% alcohol. This is going to give a whole bunch of different kind of characteristics to our spirit. So we've got a couple of different points that we want to hit, but generally speaking, you know, coming into the barrel at a low proof and increasing to a high proof, or if you're in an area where proof drops, go the other way, come in high and drop down through the range, will enable you to pick up a whole bunch of components that you really can't do too much with. When you're doing the glucose extraction, you're combining it with phenolic acid, that will actually remove astringency from your spirit. So even if you're breaking up those tannic chains, we'll be able to remove the, that kind of dry mouthfeel from your whiskey. 
if you're able to do some of that maturation in you know 100 to uh, 110 proof that's also coincidentally where we're putting a lot of stuff in the barrels whether it's the 100 proof standard for rise or whether we're looking kind of at the higher end for bourbons luckily our whiskeys kind of sit in here uh, we don't see it as much with, say, rums that typically go into the barrel at very high proof, but we're not dropping down to get that lower proof in there and removing some of the astringency in the spirit. One thing to note is we don't want to go into the barrel at too low of a proof. Uh, when we're in the 40 to 45% ABV range, we can actually create methanol in our spirit from the barrel. We're basically creating that wood alcohol during the aging process. Now, some of it will volatilize off uh, due to the oxygenation exchange, but you're going to end up seeing a higher methanol content in your spirit than you would otherwise. So typically don't let your spirit drop down below about 90 proof. Otherwise, uh, we're going to start picking that up. When we're looking at that extraction from wood, uh, a nice way to kind of think about new wood versus old wood or what's going on is in a 12-year aging cycle for whiskey, we're going to pick up about three times more flavor from a new cask than we would from 12 years in an old cask, and uh, old being, say, anything over three years old. That is basically because that first six to 12 months, the easy stuff is extracted almost immediately, and then we're able to kind of flatten things out in a 12-year time frame that first three years will give you basically as much flavor as you would get from you know the full 12 years in an old cask just because it's it's easy to work with so that's one of the interesting differences when we start looking at you know scotch aging styles versus bourbon aging styles and what we're extracting out of the wood and why we see eight-year bourbon or a 12-year bourbon is considered fully mature but we're getting into 18 20-year-old scotches so how do we prepare our wood in order to allow all these extractions to occur? Basically, we first we need to talk about what is wood? What it, what are what is this oak we're doing with uh, dealing with in our barrels? Wood is about 40 to 45% cellulose, 20 to 25% hemicellulose, 20 to 30% lignin and about 8 to 15% tannin. Uh, again, European oak is going to give you higher concentrations of tannins and lower concentrations of lactones and scopolatin. Those basically just mean we're getting different flavors depending on which wood you're using. Uh, and this is obviously well known in the wine industry and pretty well known in the spirits industry. When you're buying American oak versus European oak versus, say, a Hungarian oak, uh, you're going to get different flavors from that wood. And it's basically that, you know, relative nature of the tannins, uh, the wood grain, how easy it is to move things, lactones. What are the kind of minor components of the wood? When we're getting the wood ready, you know, the traditional standard is air dried for three years. Uh, this kind of helps leach out tannins due to the breakdown of cellulose and hemicellulose. It also allows for some of the other compounds to be created due to some of the mold and fungus that's breaking down the wood as it just sits there. When we go over to kiln dried, we don't see as much breakdown of the wood. And in fact, the moisture content tends to be a little bit higher. We're still, you know, 13, 14, 15% moisture uh, in kiln dried wood. So that's going to change how easily extractable the wood is. That's not necessarily a bad thing. What that's doing is a higher moisture content is actually going to impede oxygenation flow uh, through the wood. And so then you're going to see, okay, well, now my barrel needs to saturate first before air can move directly into the spirit. And you can kind of delay uh, your maturation time uh, with kiln dried wood, particularly if you're looking at doing a longer age spirit. This can kind of help smooth out some of that spike in the early years. 
Toasting is done to the wood primarily to convert lignin into, you know, phenols. We can control the temperature of the toasting, the length of the toasting, in order to control which phenols are created. And we see this from some of the larger manufacturers. Charring is going to increase the yield of our lactones, uh, the color extraction from the wood, and it is going to help with the phenolic extraction as well, because basically we're going to create the same toasting, but farther back in the wood. So you get that char layer, and then we're still getting the toasting. If you're just doing the toasting, we're going to get that extraction ring closer to the spirit, but then you're going to lose a lot of the, the color and char you would uh, get from charring the barrel. In terms of speeding up our maturation once we've got it in the barrel, one of the big things everybody's kind of playing with are, are higher temperatures. Uh, higher temperatures are going to increase the speed of the chemical reaction. So as long as we're getting oxygen into the spirit, increasing the temperature of that spirit is going to allow all those oxidation reactions to occur faster. But it's also going to increase our evaporation, which is going to give us a concentration of the spirit which is then going to kind of minimize some of the, the weaker notes and give us that fuller-bodied experience. Typically, you know, a barrel in, say, Kentucky is going to see about a 10% angel share in their first year, followed by 2 to 3% evaporation after that. This is kind of that first year when the wood's nice and dry. It's very easy to evaporate through it. Once the wood is fully saturated and the most volatile compounds are gone, we see it slow down and kind of plane out. I know a lot of people don't kind of assume the 2 to 3% because it's the long-term average, but particularly for people who are focusing on two-year spirits or doing, you know, a lot of smaller new barrels, you're going to see a lot of angel share right off the bat. I guess speaking of smaller barrels, uh, everybody kind of knows how this works, so we'll just run through it quickly. Uh, smaller barrels basically work on the concept of surface area to volume of the spirit. So we're going to put a volume of spirit in there and then expose it to an amount of oak. The surface area of that oak is where we are going to allow the spirit to go back into the wood to pull out those easily extractable components uh, and give it more surface area to work on to break down the wood in the longer term. We're also going to see more evaporation out of a smaller barrel because, again, there's more surface area exposed for evaporation. In a full-size 200-liter barrel, 53-gallon, we're getting about 123, 125 square inches per gallon. To go all the way down to the other end of the spectrum, you know, beer barrels, five-gallon barrels, we're going to get 262, 261 square inches per gallon. So for a 10x change in volume, we're getting almost a, or more than a 2x change in the ratio. In between there, it kind of bounces around a little bit. The problem with small barrels is that primarily we're dealing with extraction. Oxygenation takes time to work through those components. You are going to see the evaporation and the concentration, but oxygenation is mostly a function of time and letting those chemical reactions occur. So we end up with kind of a, a very woody spirit more so than a fully rounded and mature spirit. Again, this is one of the reasons that some of the big boys are looking at ways to speed up those chemical reactions, uh, you know, the ethyl acetate additions. To go all the way back to kind of the, the beginning, if you were going to design a ceramic aging vessel, you need to make sure that it would be permeable and we're able to get the oxygen into the barrel or we're using a source of oxygen, you know, a bubbler or something like that. We need to have the wood in there so that we can create the compounds that are going through the reaction. We need to have the tannins, the phenols, and enable that to kind of occur. And then lastly, we need to make sure that we are allowing evaporation of the spirit. Uh, so basically, an open-topped speed maturation vessel with wood dropped in there is going to give you a lot of the similar effects. 
but it is open top. So you are going to see more oxygen. You're also going to see more evaporation. So trying to figure out how to neck that and create a similar, you know, evaporation surface is, is certainly an interesting challenge that I'm working on. There's a whole bunch of information in there today. Feel free to hit me up uh, either on our website or on Twitter at Distiller Dude, and we can talk a little bit more about what you guys are seeing uh, in your barrel program, how you're doing your maturation. And then, yeah, if you get a chance, please give us a review on iTunes. Uh, That really helps out and get more people to hear about the show. But all right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BoozeWorks podcast. If you have a topic or question you'd like us to focus on for a future podcast, send us an email to podcast at boozeworks.com. Happy crafting and cheers. Cheers.